So with no further ado, we're going to welcome Steve to the platform this morning to bring the word to us. Good morning, CCC. How was everyone's Christmas? Did y'all have a good Christmas? Yeah, I know I did. Um, So Pastor Jason had uh, two requirements for me to fill in for him. The first was to be encouraging, and the second was to keep it short. So you guys owe him a big thank you when you see him. So, But um, before we get started... I have something in this bag that I wanted to share with you guys, and it is a gift that my beautiful wife gave me, and it's not metaphorical. It doesn't even have anything to do with the sermon. It's just a really cool gift, and are you guys ready for this? The Evil Knievel Stunt Cycle Jump Set. Yes, and... uh, I had this when I was a kid, and you put Evil Knievel, and he's got a little helmet, you put him on his motorcycle, you wind it up, and he sends off me and the kids are going to build ramps and fireworks and videotape it. So anyways, Jacoby, would you come grab this? Thank you. All right, let us pray. Father, thank you for this season. Thank you for family. Thank you for your son. In these next few minutes, Father, I said that I just ask that all things said and done will bring glory to your name. Father, like we just sang, may we become overcome with your presence. Father, again, we come to you with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Everybody, please open your Bibles to Hebrews 12.1. So the book of Hebrews, we're not 100% sure who wrote it, who the author was, although scholars believe that it has a strong authorship of Paul. And if it wasn't Paul, it might have been Barnabas or Apollo. But I think as we go through this this morning, we will all see together that it does have a strong authorship of Paul. So, all right, starting at verse 1. Therefore... We also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which is so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God, it stands forever. So today's sermon is entitled, Don't Get in the Back of the Truck. And I understand y'all don't know what that means, so I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to explain it. So years ago, my oldest son attended Rock Crusher Elementary School. Marcus is here. Marcus, raise your hand. Marcus, how you doing, Bubs? So he attended Rock Crusher Elementary School, and the gym teacher started this program where for every mile one of the students runs or walks, they get a little foot. 
And I actually have it here with me now. A little plastic foot. And they came, oops, I just lost the last plastic foot uh, I have. But anyways, so I, I decided Marcus needs to do this. So obviously I had to push him. So we, after school, I started walking with him. And uh, it was really boring, it, to be honest. So I decided I'm going to start running with him. And I, I really got into these feet. I made a spreadsheet. And I logged the day, the mileage. And then every Friday, I would stick it in his backpack and anxiously await his return so I would get a sack of those little feet. And, uh, and of course, I'd count them. And if I didn't have enough, I promise you, the PE teacher got a stern note Monday morning that I am missing feet. So... It was a good experience for father and son. It was healthy for me. It was good for him to get him outside. So we decided to start doing races. We did a 5K race, a five-kilometer race, which is 3.1 miles. And it was a great experience. The people that put on the race were very welcoming to Marcus. The other people, you know, running just were so welcoming to Marcus. So it was a really good experience. So then we decided to do a 10K race, which was 6.1 miles. And we really got into this and then decided to do a half marathon, 13.1 miles. Yeah. (laughs) And as time went on, we actually ended up putting together a race team that was sponsored by my company. And other people were in it. We had shirts made up, but our, our slogan was not of our own strength, because obviously uh, Marcus wasn't running on his own strength, and I felt that I wasn't either. So it turned into a really cool thing, starting with these little feet. So then we decided to join the Disney marathon, half marathon, and you actually run through the Magic Kingdom, and I thought that would really be a cool experience for both of us. So this is before the internet, I sent in the registration, and a few days later, I get a call, and they said, you're not allowed to do the race. So I felt that we were grossly discriminated against because of his disability. Everybody could do this race except for my son, and the only reason he was disabled. So I decided to fight the man on this one. I fought Mickey Mouse. We went against (laughs) Disney World. And um, I happened to be, a friend of mine was the editor of the paper, and I told him about it. He said, man, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Let's do an article about it. And got involved and kind of battled Disney World, and they finally agreed to let us do the race. Yes, so we fought Mickey Mouse, and we won. And um, so anyways, one time we did a half marathon race in DeLeon Springs, Florida. And that's a rural area. It was a small race. There wasn't a lot of people. And they sent you on this country road six and a half miles straight out to hit an orange cone and come back six and a half miles. You're out there by yourself. It's very boring. It was, uh, it was tough. So as we were coming back, I saw someone in the distance, and we got closer and closer to him. And I got really, really excited because I was about to pass someone in a race. 
And I never got to do that a whole lot. So, but as we got to the gentleman, you could tell he was exhausted. It was probably about mile 10. And a truck pulled up. And he got in the back of the truck. And they sped off to the finish line. And it was that moment I promised Marcus that we would never get in the back of a truck. So, that was our term for quitting between him and I. If I said, Marcus, don't get in the back of the truck, that meant, Marcus, don't quit. So, this morning's sermon is entitled, Don't Get in the Back of the Truck, Don't Quit. So, as Paul tells us to run this race, and Paul ran his race, I compared a lot, I learned a lot with Marcus training for these races. And I realized that the real work for doing these races is not done on Saturday morning or Sunday morning during the race. It's all the preparation, all the training you have to do before that. You have to build your endurance. You have to build your strength. You have to, you know, with with training like that, you've got to break down the muscle so it comes back a little stronger. So, for example, for a 5K race, it's only 3.1 miles. But the weeks previous, I had to run 20 to 25 miles a week to prepare for that. And I believe this race that we are in is not for us just to compete on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. It's what we do with the rest of the week. That's what's so important in our race. The real work for us isn't on Sunday, but it's what we do with the rest of the week. First Thessalonians tells us in 5.16, pray without ceasing. Psalms 34.1 tells us that his praise will never leave our lips. Also, I think what's crucial for our race and our training is to be in his word. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Second Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped with every good work. In Psalms 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If we are not in his word, we're not seeing where we're going. So I was talking with a close friend of mine. He has children. I have children. So we like to share the woes, of, especially teenagers. And, uh, and uh, you know, we get on the phone and we just cry together. But anyways, um, he said, uh, you know, it's a shame that these kids don't come with a manual. And I thought about that and I said, yeah, they do. <laughs> they do come with a manual. It's right here. And then I realized there is not an area of our life that this, his word won't give us instructions. So also, not only are we to read and study his word, but the book of James tells us, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. 
Obviously, we got to know what it says to do what it says. So I'm going to take a moment for a shameless plug, if you guys don't mind. I don't want you to not know of the opportunity that is not only in Citrus County, not only in Homosassa, but right here at CCC, right here within these four walls. And that is, we are a Life Christian University campus. And I'm going to bring that up because God has used Life Christian University to drastically change my life and to change the direction of my life. And it's right here. It couldn't be easier. If it wasn't here, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. Now, I understand you don't need Life Christian University to study God's word and to get deeper in God's word. But that's the one thing I walked away with when I'm done with my education is that it got me into the word of God. It took me deeper into the word of God. And I'm forever grateful for that. And, uh, you know, it's just a wonderful opportunity. And I am forever, and I always say this, but I am forever grateful for Dr. Brenda and Bill Lemus for bringing that campus here. Thank you. Thank you. So that's that's my shameless plug. I'm over. But also in a race, when Marcus and I were racing... I realized that (laughs) you could not, we couldn't do it by ourselves. We needed help. And I realized it's a race, it's us against the clock. But there would be volunteers that would come out and they would set up the roads and cones and mark the road. They would help us know what direction to go. Sometimes they would stand there and literally tell us what direction to go. Then they would provide water and Gatorade, and sometimes on these longer races, food. And one of the most important things that they did is they always had an encouraging word. And that was so helpful just to have someone encourage you when you were tired. We need each other. You know, I've often said that the body of Christ may not need Steve Childs, But I do know that Steve Childs needs the body of Christ. Hebrews 10.24 tells us, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. Another thing and is I believe we're called to help one another in this race. You know, I remember when Marcus and I, you would get these big races and you would, towards the end, your legs become very heavy and it's very easy to trip over a simple curb because they feel like they're 50 pounds. People would fall, sometimes get injured. People would get very sick from dehydration. So Marcus and I had a choice. Are we just going to focus on us and the finish line, or do we stop and help these people? I believe we are presented with that same, that same option, that same question. Are we just going to focus on ourselves, get to the finish line, or are we going to try to pick people up and bring them with us? Paul's writing in Galatians tells us to carry each other's burdens. And I know this, when you 
do these endurance races and your body is depleted of all of its energy, it's very difficult to hide. You become hunched over. You can't lift your legs. Your muscles are giving out. It is very easy to spot someone. There's no hiding it. But boy, is it easier for us to hide when we're tired, when we're exhausted, that we can come in and put on that Sunday morning smile. Also, I believe we are to run this race to win this race. Ecclesiastes 9.10 tells us, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And I absolutely love what I've heard Pastor Jason say several times, that he's going to finish this race sliding in sideways with his hair on fire. Amen, amen. So, um, Marcus and I, during this racing, and we, I remember the first half marathon we decided to do. I had no idea if I could do it. I've only done half that distance. Pushing at the time, it was about 150 pounds with his wheelchair and him. And 13 miles is a long way to push 150, or 150 pounds. I didn't know if I could do it. So did it in the city of Orlando. And it was really cool because it was in the city of Orlando. And I remember about mile eight, the mile seemed, I thought, thought the race director messed up. Because I'll tell you, mile nine and ten felt like they were about three miles long. And uh, we got to about mile 11. And that's when I was, I was starting to hurt. And um, I think it's called hitting the wall. And uh, I hit the wall. So I tried to drink and, and go. And, and to be honest, uh, I wasn't very fast. So for us to run 11 miles took a really long time. So Marcus was getting bored. And he was just sitting there. And uh, all of a sudden, just kept going. I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't quit. Wouldn't get in the back of the truck. And then we turned this corner. And way far off, we could see the finish line. Man, did that, did that give me some energy. But then when we got closer, the crowd started to encourage us. And Marcus was bored. I'm exhausted. And Marcus, in that moment, started to scream out of nowhere. We did it. We did it. And I'll never forget. It was such a beautiful moment. And then what was really cool about it is the race director hired a professional photographer. And they took a picture of that at that very moment. So, Sean, would you put that picture up? I actually have it here. And there it is. Could you turn it, turn it off now? <laughs> so, um, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. So another reason I wanted that picture, because I know some of y'all are sitting there going, man, I'm looking at this guy's physique going, he didn't run anywhere. And uh, <laughs> so... There's a little bit of proof. Um, but now, here's where it gets exciting. I was blessed with this picture. But God has given us a picture of Paul right when he was about to cross the finish line. 
And this is what we're going to talk about. In Acts 20, Paul says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And then in just a moment, we're going to fast forward a few years to 2 Timothy, where we get to see the actual picture of Paul getting ready to cross that finish line. But first, I just wanted to go through the list of Paul's suffering, what he had to suffer through in his race by simply preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we most, all of us most know, he was imprisoned. He was five times he received the 40 lashes minus one. Three times he was beaten with a rod. He was actually stoned, left for dead, but he survived. He was shipwrecked, not once, not twice, but three times. He spent a whole day and night floating in the sea. He was in danger, and he gave a list of what he was in danger from. From the rivers, from bandits, from his own countrymen, Gentiles. He was experiencing danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at sea, and danger from false brothers. He went without sleep. He went without food and water. He had to keep moving. He couldn't settle anywhere. And then he says, besides all this, I had to face the daily pressure of my concerns for all the churches. I know one of these things would make me want to get in the back of the truck. I, you know, to be honest, just the, the, the had to keep moving. That would, be, that would drive me crazy. What an inconvenience. We couldn't settle. But he did all this for the gospel. And I know for me, when I become discouraged and I want to get in the back of the truck, it's normally that I, things aren't going my way. I don't like, God's kind of, you know, this isn't working out the way that I think it should. Or perhaps when I don't understand something is when I want to get in the back of the truck. But anyway, so Paul in 2 Timothy, Paul is on death row. He is about to face execution from Nero when he wrote what we're about to read. Now, Paul was a Roman citizen, which was helpful in this case, because normally if you were not a Roman citizen, they would execute you in crucifixion. But because he was a Roman um, citizen, they would behead him instead. So I did a little research. They started off this beheading with an axe. And then at some point, Nero decided to start doing it with a sword because there was more honor by death by sword. So here's Paul, all the suffering he went through. He's on death row. And this is what he writes. This is his picture of him getting ready to cross the finish line. For I am ready to be poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing. Amen. Hallelujah. And I know this race, this life, it ain't easy. It just isn't easy. And my challenge to you is to enter this new year seeking him with all that's in you. We need him. We need his word. We need each other. We need praise and worship. We need prayer. We need it all. Now, there may be some of you sitting here today that don't even have a relationship with Jesus. And I challenge you to acknowledge that you're a sinner and in our serious need of a Savior. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you right now just to stay where you're seated and pray with me. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and cannot save myself. I acknowledge that you are the Son of God and came to this earth and died on a cross for the forgiveness of my sins. By faith, I greatly receive your gift of salvation And I accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. Amen. All right. Would the rest of you please stand? For those of you who are tired and weary and want to get in the back of the truck, or perhaps some of you already have gotten in the back of the truck, you know, I I stand here shamefully and admit I've gotten in the back of the truck more than I'd like to admit. But the good news is you can simply just get out of the truck. So, again, I say rely on his strength and not of your own. Let's pray. Father, again, we just thank you for this season. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you to see the witness of Paul And Father, I just pray that you send your Holy Spirit now to renew our minds and radically transform our hearts. Father, that we seek you in all that we do. Father, help us run this race. Help us win this race, Father. And I ask that we don't get in the back of the truck. But when we feel like we want to, Father, that we use all the loving things you've given us prayer, each other, your word, Father. And I just pray that you will bless this congregation as we continue to get together with family and celebrate the holidays, Father. And we pray these things in our Lord Jesus' name. Amen.